Um, we're going to be doing a walkthrough of Daniel 9 and with a focus on prayer today. Uh, this is something that Russell um, prepared a little while back and I'm delivering. So let's pray as we go and sort of seek our God in understanding prayer better. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that you would guide me and all of us to a better understanding of who you are, how to pray to you, how to pray with you, to seek your will. Lord, help us uh, as we go through Daniel to be inspired by your word, to have your word live out through our lives, for your word to change us, to change our prayer life, to be closer, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to encourage you to have Daniel open before you. There's a few other passages I'll go through, but make sure you keep a finger in Daniel because we'll be popping back to that quite often. Um, in Daniel, we get the opportunity to listen in on Daniel's prayer, a prayer that inspires us to pray and leads us to prayer. We're taking a different approach with our sermon today, a four short reflections on Daniel's prayer for us this morning. Each reflection leads us to, prayer, to a prayer time. And the, there are four things that inspire us to pray today. One is knowing God God's great plan. The second, an invitation for ruthless honesty. The third, reminding us of God's beautiful mercy. And the fourth is being captivated by God's glory. Now at the end of each part of that, uh, I'm going to encourage us to do a time of prayer and it'll be a bit different for each one. And I'll talk to you a bit more about that. Verses 1 to 3 of Daniel shows us that Daniel's prayer is inspired and shaped by knowing God's great plan. See the context for his prayer in verse 1. We're in the first year of Darius' reign. Verse 2 tells us Daniel is reading God's word to his people in the prophet Jeremiah. The prophecies of Jeremiah were written down before the Israelites were taken to Babylon. Jeremiah prophesies a 70-year exile. And this is what Jeremiah says. If you'd like to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. So just go uh, left a bit, a few books of the Bible. Jeremiah 29, verses 10 to 14. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will, be, and, and, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather from you all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back the place from which I have carried you into exile. Daniel knows God's great plan in Scripture. 
and it inspires his prayer. Daniel doesn't turn to God with his own problems and solutions. He doesn't labour in prayer over the things in his life he wants fixed. He prays in the light of God's great plan. Prayer isn't about us trying to get God involved in our little plans. It's about God allowing us to be involved in his cosmic plans. So as we know God's plans, as as he's revealed them to us in the Bible, we'll pray and here's what will happen to us. As we pray over and over for the things God has said he'll do, our heart, mind and desires are turned more and more to those things. If we persistently pray that God will grow us in godliness, our heart, mind and desires will be focused more on our living, living a godly life. If we labour in prayer for the growth of the gospel in mission work and Benin, our heart, mind and finances will be caught up there. If we keep praying for our neighbours to become believers, our heart and mind will be fixed on that so we better see and make the most of the opportunities to warmly share Jesus with them. Prayer is inspired by knowing God's great plan. The more we know of God's plans, the more our prayers will be inspired by those great things. I'm going to read for us now from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. Then lead us in a prayer inspired by it. So Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, and wisdom and thanks and honour, and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. O God, we praise you because you are perfectly sovereign and good. You made all things. You alone are in control of all things. And you are working out all things according to your good plans and purposes to glorify Jesus. We thank you that you have made us, saved us, and making us new to be caught up in the glory of your Son. We look forward to the new heavens and the new earth, when your kingdom will reign, when all sin, death and sadness will pass away. We look forward to gathering of your people from every nation and across all of history in praise of Jesus for eternity. Please take us and use us and all that we have for your purposes. Please teach us to pray persistently for your great plans 
now and into eternity. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. An invitation for ruthless honesty. Verses 9 and 14 show us that Daniel's prayer is inspired by God's invitation for ruthless honesty. Daniel is very conscious of the raw truth about God's people. They're sinners. Even Daniel himself. See what he says in chapter 9, verses 4 to 5. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. Daniel doesn't come to God with a list of excuses. He simply admits the truth. Daniel doesn't seek to soften the offence of sin and unfaithfulness. In fact, he goes into some detail in the following verses. Daniel doesn't try to hide from God, but runs to God in ruthless, honest prayer. Daniel knows he can come to God with ruthless honesty because of who God is. Verse 7, righteous. Verse 9, merciful and forgiving. Verse 12 and 13, does what he says he will do. Verse 14, righteous. When we know God, we know we can come to him with ruthless honesty about ourselves in prayer. We're as much sinners as God's Old Testament people, yet God invites us to come to him in prayer. We don't need to come with a list of excuses. We don't need to soften the offence of our sin. We need not Photoshop our blemishes. We need not hide from God, but run to God in prayer and simply admit the truth. So let's do that right now. Can you please turn with me to Psalm 51? And what we're going to do is have a time of quiet prayer to individually turn to God in ruthless honesty. So Psalm 51. Just encourage you to read through that. And we're just going to have a quiet time as we just share with God honestly about uh, ourselves and who we are. Reminded of God's beauty, beautiful mercy. The reason Daniel can pray with ruthless honesty is because he knows of God's beautiful mercy. Without God's mercy, Daniel would hide from God if he could, run from God if he could, try to make excuses for his sin and the sin of his people. Instead, we get this bold appeal for mercy in chapter 9, verses 15 to 16. Now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all of your righteous acts, turn away 
your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill, our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. It's a remarkably bold prayer. If bailed up by a wild ravenous lion, there's little chance of turning it away. If confronted by a brutal mugger in a dark alley, there's little chance of escape. God's righteous anger and sin is more severe. Yet God provides us a place of safety. He pours out his righteous anger on Jesus at the cross. He gets what we deserve, so we might experience mercy. Listen to these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become righteousness of God. This is God's beautiful mercy. Because of God's beautiful mercy, we're inspired to prayer, thankfully, joyfully, and with great confidence. We're going to share together now in a time of thanksgiving. Uh, What I would like to encourage you to do is to think of something to give thanks to God about. And I'd like you to shout that out. And if others uh, agree, say, Amen. <laughs> so let's, let's do that as a time now. We, we don't often sort of express our thanks to God. And let's do that as a community now. So I'll start and just encourage you then to think and pray about something, shout that out, thank God for something. And if you agree around, just say, Amen. Let's pray now. Lord, I just thank you for this beautiful day that you give us um, the winter and the different seasons to show your glory. Thank you for blessing us with uh, great weather today and sun. Amen. Amen. Captivated by God's glory. We are usually prompted to pray because we need something. Our list of concerns have become too great for us to handle on our own. And so we turn to God in prayer, hoping he might make our life a bit easier. In this way, we sometimes treat God a bit like our fairy godmother. In verses 17 and 19, we see that Daniel is inspired to pray for a greater reason. He prays because he's captivated by God's glory. Verse 17. Now, our God, hear the prayers and the petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favour on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests for you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act for your sake, my God. Do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. Daniel hates that people dishonour God, that his temple is in ruins, that his people are oppressed and God's reputation is tarnished. 
So he prays for the forgiveness and restoration of his people. For God's glory, so that God looks as good as he truly is. A helpful test for us as we pray is to add the phrase, for your glory, to our requests. This will test if the content of our request is ordered by God's glory and if the purpose of our request is to see God glorified rather than ourselves. Our heart, mind and desires are ordered by God's glory. We're able to stand firm in the world, confident in God and his kingdom. We're going to conclude by praying together and aloud a prayer that is captivated by God's glory. It was first prayed uh, by King David before the building of the Old Testament temple in Jerusalem. Uh, And it's from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Would you like to stand with me? Let's, Let's do this together and stand. And then after this, we're going to go straight into our last song. Okay. If you'd like to sort of pray with me aloud this together. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Amen.